Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John o. White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I have coached leader after leader after leader, and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult, and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Mike Ashey. Mike is a leadership consultant and is the founder of the YouTube channel, Leadership with Mike. Welcome to my podcast, Mike. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. First of all, can you tell our listeners um, about what you do? So uh, a few years ago, I started a YouTube leadership channel. Um, 
and it was a passing thought. It was um, frustrations that I was actually having with my own uh, work environment and how I thought some things were being mismanaged. Um, so I, I started airing my thoughts on leadership and management on YouTube. And within a blink of an eye, we've got uh, 22,000 subscribers strong, and it has now turned into a full-time career for me. So, um, you know, sometimes frustrations can lead to beautiful outcomes. Yeah, I love that. And that's, uh, that's such a great story. And I think there'll be a lot of leaders who, one thing they'll be interested to hear about um, from you is, which, which can be part of our chat, we'll see where it goes, but is also about how you've built some of that following. Because I know there's, you know, working with companies with hundreds and thousands of staff who would be looking at your reach and your content going, oh, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> how do we do something like that? So uh, let's see where it goes. But uh, or, or maybe even Mike, we won't get to everything. But um, we might even be able to do another part two, part three down the track at some point, um, invite you back and maybe we can drill down on some of those things that you do. Uh, but we'll we'll see where we go today and definitely keen to invite you back for uh, for additional episodes, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, let's start with your, <laughs> let's start with your story. Tell me about, as you think back to childhood, growing up, you know, when you were little, what are the moments from that season or even the themes that really shaped you into the leader and the person you are today? You know, well, I, I, you just gave me a thought and let me put this out there for any uh, leaders that are listening. Um, and, I, and I'm sure you've, you've said it one way or another, but leadership is a title that is not assigned to you. Um, I started my YouTube channel because I wasn't getting a management title assigned to me, but I truly believe that my mindset is of a leader. I enjoy leadership. I believe I have a, um, a way of delivering leadership um, knowledge and skills. So I didn't wait for somebody to say, Mike, you're a leader. So I just wanted to put that out there that I can't tell you or anybody else whether you're a leader or not. That's something that you tell the world. I can tell you you're a manager. I can tell you you're the director of you know such and such a department but in terms of genuinely being a leader that's something that we we take on ourselves um but back to the original question um i was thinking about this it's funny because i was genuinely or generally a quiet kid but i remember being in high school on the basketball team basketball was my my jam not so much anymore my knees are giving out way way too early um but I remember the captain of the basketball team being a very, uh, very good, but very mouthy and very rude individual. And there was a moment in, in practice where he was berating our coach. And I don't know what came over me, but I stood up and kind of put him in place in the sense of defended the coach. And it was a real, it was one of those defining moments where you're like, I don't know where that came from. But I liked it because it was standing up for what is right and not letting somebody bully somebody else, even though it's a student and a, and a coach. It was a real, for me, it was an eye-opening uh, moment for myself to say, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> I love stories like that because you, um, that's why I love asking that question. Because at the time you have no idea, but then later on in life you look back and you go, Ah, I can see that thread that was just starting to form there. Yeah, and, and that's it. Like at the moment, I, I was scared because I'm like, this is a weird way for me to react. It's never been part of me. I mean, I guess it has been, but I never saw it. But looking back now, doing what I do with, you know, leadership consultancies and, and whatnot, it was one of those defining moments that I didn't realize at the time. Yeah, that's so good, Mike. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know as well, you mentioned basketball. And uh, for me, I am a massive soccer fan. I, I love soccer. And some of my favorite books on leadership are by great soccer coaches. Sir Alex Ferguson from Manchester United has a great um, book on leadership that I really love. I think just because the, the content, right, is something I'm so passionate about. So uh, I'm interested for you, is there anything in basketball that you've found has really shaped you as a leader or things in basketball that 
that you see uh, that reflect some of the really important things in leadership or management? Well, absolutely. And one of the biggest things and one of the reasons um, I, you know, looking back, I see more so team sport. I, basketball was my favorite, but team sports in general, that's what it is. It's working as a team. Um, whether you're the captain, you're the, a starter, you're the guy grabbing the waters, whatever it might be, the team only succeeds when the team's working together. You may have the star player, um, which I would never was, but you may have the star player that can do great things, but for championships, for you know, winning tournaments and stuff, when it's the team that pulls together, and it's not necessarily the captain that can do that ideally you want the captain to be able to do it but anybody who self-proclaims themselves to be a leader can pull a team together and again looking back i I didn't realize it at the time but i was one of the people that were the leaders i was one of those people that had the level head that never got overly worked up about you know being 20 points down or never got ahead of himself being 20 points up um, just keeping that level head and helping other people to keep a level head um, is really where, where leadership flourishes in my mind. So it was bringing the team together. And that's why for myself, having my kids in team sports, because I want to help them become leaders for themselves, not necessarily to not be an employee of something or that they have to create their own businesses, but that they just have to be able to think for themselves and come to conclusions based on their own processing and i think that's one of the great strengths of leadership is that Mm. for the most part we can come to our own conclusions based on what we see what we've dealt with what we've you know who we've interacted with and and again going to back to the team sport you learn a lot by working and, and playing on teams young yeah i i agree i've learned uh so much about that actually some of the um one of the things I love that you mentioned there is about staying calm and uh, it is, you know, there's a couple of things I, I love about, uh, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily the coach role, but I certainly love watching great referees in, in soccer in a World Cup match where you have everything on the line and you've got these two teams completely getting to the irrational point where they're just triggered because, you know, and... and the best referees in the world i love watching how they they have this ability to stay calm themselves when all this is happening and actually lower the tension um that's something that i love watching watching in sport not so much the coaches always necessarily yep uh yeah yeah (laughs) uh, as they're throwing stuff on the sidelines (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i tend to believe i really believe there's something about being being calm um you know i tend to i tend to be it's it's a bit i'm a bit 50 50 i get a bit on the fence because you don't want to be faking it with your team but what you so i think you do need to have your inner circle and your your leadership team and and even in appropriate times where you share with your people um you know probably not in the middle of a crisis because people want you know you don't want the the fireman turning up to a a burning building to say you know i'm just having a bad day you just want them to get on with the job but i think potentially um there are times as a leader where you want to open up to your people maybe afterwards and 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 practice that vulnerability but there's something about being calm in a very tricky crisis situation that is a profound it's a great it's a great lesson to understand but practicing it i find is so hard because there's those moments where you you just you're so frazzled and actually stopping being calm and trying to give calm sort of directions if you're in the leadership role i think that's mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. a really great leadership skill to master i think yeah you're absolutely right being calm and collected is is huge now i tend to pl- i want to say play both sides my demeanor for the most part is calm and collected. And I look at it even in with, with, you know, family life and friends and stuff when, you know, somebody gets injured or there's an accident or an emergency. Um, my natural instinct is to slow down. What do we, like take, take inventory of what's happening. What's the most important thing that we need to do at this moment. But after that, 
is where I will, you know, with my wife, I'm just thinking recently with, with um, my, my kids where there was a little bit of a scare. I jump in, it's calm. When I realize everything's okay, that's when I start to, to shake and, and feel nervous. So in the pressure, wow, I enjoy it. It's afterwards where, you know, the tears come or you start really realizing what could have happened. Um, but when we talk about leadership and working with our team, I'm also the person, I believe that every now and again, not in, not to be an actor, but when stuff goes wrong and there, we have to get serious. I, I'm one of those people, I have no problem, not yelling at people, but being passionate and saying, guys, we screwed up. This can't happen. We have to do this, that, and the other thing to fix it. And you find, I've found that when people know that you're calm and collected, if they see you where you, you're like, this is enough, your team knows, okay, we need to fix this because this is enough. This is not how Mike operates. So he must be really ticked. Or if I come back and it's ultimately <laughs> like, you, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's, not, it's not for shock value, but it's like, it, it just helps everybody realize we're all human. We all have to work together and, and be real with each other. And, and I think when you have the most comfort with your team, you can be real with them. But you, in my mind, yeah. you're best off being that calm and collected and thinking things through. And it's a strategic enough's enough, or it's a, let's just let this one pass because this is going to, you know, this, we've been through a lot right now. It, it's using, using your own judgment and, and really having a strong EQ, uh, the emotional intelligence and picking up what's going on with your team at the moment that, that things are going on. Yeah, I, I love that. And to me, that's clear. That's clear communication, clear expectations. Um, you know, back to the back to the sports uh, sort of idea. I I was just watching um, some Premier League, which is the uh, UK, the English, um, well, the English yep. uh, soccer league, the the top league, and they were just saying in passing about one of the coaches, um, uh, which is uh, what's his first name, Conte. Um, I will uh, I'll, I'll look it up while I talk because I feel terrible now that his <laughs> name just disappeared from my head. Um, but uh, the Antonio Conte. So he, um, they were saying another Italian who I think he might have led. He was the coach of this this guy at some point in another team, and they were they were saying that his leader his his style was described as um, the, one of his former players said when when Conte speaks his words assault you. Um, he's this Italian, um, yep. <laughs> this Italian, like, he, you know exactly My wife's what Italian. I know also. what, I know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> but so it's funny because this is the, this is the tension, I think. And this is where there's, t there's different times for both. But the thing I love about his, his style is he'll take a team, Tottenham, where he is at the moment, that was underperforming. And there was, there's certainly been some blandness and a bit of a lack of passion, and that's one thing you always know you're going to get. You always know with him, whether they succeed or fail, he doesn't leave anything, you know, he doesn't leave anything behind. He always gives it all. And he tends to bring that out in his players. Um, and so I don't know, I, I, I agree with you. It's not necessarily about being one or the other, but it's about picking your moments. And if it is a moment to really speak passionately and, and clearly and to, and to clarify expectations, then great. Yes. And, and that's the thing. It's, it trickles down when a coach like that has that passion, the, the players have no choice, but to absorb it. We, we, we cue off of each other. So when your coach is like, meh, well, that sucks. We lost. Okay. Well then the players start to be like, well, well, that's another loss. No big deal. But when the coach is, you know, it from, I'll, I'll preface this by saying, from a loving place, a love of the game, a love of the players and the team and how things should be. When they're saying this is absolutely BS, this is what's expected. Why are we playing this way when we're not that team? You, you feel that passion. You, you can feel guilt. Like I didn't even perform for this coach. I had a manager uh, when I was way back in, in my younger days working at a restaurant and she instilled such great leadership qualities because she was very caring, very kind, but business was business. And these are the expectations you have. And I know you have, 
you know, you can meet them because we've done the training. I've watched you do it. What happened in this situation? So if I messed up, I really, I didn't care about messing up per se, but I felt bad because I let my, my manager down. And it's the same yeah. with the coach. When the coach is that passionate and they work with you and they're helping you and we are doing, we are, we are a better team than we're showing the world. You kind of, it kind of hits different. Yeah, I completely agree. No, it, it really does. Um, I, I want to ask you more about your story, Mike. That was great what you shared mm-hmm. um, earlier about that experience uh, in the team where you stood up. Um, and when I, I love to ask, when was the first real leadership opportunity you had? Do you remember the first time you managed a group of people or really felt like you were, you were the one responsible for a project? Or, you know, when, when was that sort of first leadership opportunity? The first time, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of change your question. The first time that I felt like I was being a leader was I was managing um, a pretty happening bar slash nightclub. And I have great relations with people. I was a bartender. I got moved into management and I was enjoying the role, but it, there was nothing special happening that I can recall. And then we had an evening where the dishwasher did not show up no call in, no nothing, just was not there. So, you know, the kitchen was starting to get busy and people are starting to, to get a little bit frazzled because dishes were piling up because we don't have anybody wash the dishes. So just me being part of the industry, I know that dishwashers are the unsung heroes of restaurants and it's a, a very pivotal part. So I, I threw on the, you know, a chef's jacket and I started handling the dishwasher um and that was for about an hour and then the dishwasher came and that's a separate story but after that moment the kitchen staff the restaurant staff the bars the doors everybody i felt that they looked at me different and when i said to whomever hey can you grab this for me i you know we need to get this done never did i get pushback never did i get questioned it was always absolutely so that moment realized, listen, don't think that as a leader, as a manager, that you're better than you have to do every job. You have to be willing to step in if you expect your team to step in and to step up. And it was a real yeah. moment that I was like, wow, if you're not afraid to get your hands dirty, your team will fight with you, not fight against you. It was, mm. it was, a, uh, it gives me chills thinking of it. And it wasn't something like premeditated. It was just, this is what we have to do okay, we got to roll up our sleeves. We're getting dirty. We're short staffed. This is how we're working. And it really helped me later on in leadership roles because I knew my job as a, as a manager, as a leader is not to do your job, but it's the, being there to help you in any way that I can. And sometimes that yes. means rolling up your sleeve and getting dirty. And it really sets a tone for the team to say, okay, well, the boss can do this then I can definitely jump in and do this. Yeah, I love that. That's such a good story. And uh, one of my favorite concepts is a Patrick Lencioni concept. Who's my, he's my favorite leadership author. He's written a bunch of books, The Advantage, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I, I love his work. He talks about mm-hmm. this idea of peer-to-peer accountability. And peer-to-peer accountability is a, a bit of a rule that says, okay, as a leader, the more willing you are to hold your people accountable, the more willing your people will be to hold each other accountable. And so Mm -hmm. what ends up happening is the more you hold people accountable, the more your people will step in and hold each other accountable. And as a result, you end up needing to hold people accountable less. So it's this great Mm -hmm. cycle. Now the reverse is also true. The less you hold people accountable, then people are going to go, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to do your dirty work for you and step back and not hold each other accountable. As a result, ironically, you end up with more accountability burden on your shoulders because you did it less, which is this sort of cycle that goes both ways. What you said made me think of a similar, it's like a similar concept, but instead of accountability, it's like um, humility almost. It's like the more, <laughs> the more willing you are to step into mm-hmm. any role at any point mm-hmm. and wherever I'm needed, support, serve anyone anywhere as a leader. Like you said, not to do people's jobs for them, but to support them in those moments. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. then I feel like you create a culture where your people will be more and more willing um, to step in and, and do that. And it's true the other way too. And I think this makes so much sense as you unpack it because all these leaders, I, I definitely find chatting with leaders, they're going, I just want to create this culture of humility. And it's like, well, look look at yourself first and look mm-hmm. at your leadership team. If you're in a larger organization, when's the last time you went down into the trenches to fill in somewhere and get alongside someone and get your hands dirty? Because what mm-hmm. you're wanting is your people to do that and yet you're not doing it yourself. Exactly. And, and my rule is I will never ask somebody to do something I'm not prepared to do myself. That is everything from cleaning toilets from mopping yeah. the floors, you know, I think it's, it, there's huge impact in being part of the team. And when the team is missing, the team is misfiring, your job is to go in and help straighten things out. Again, not do the job, but I worked, you know, at uh, Toronto's International Airport for many years, and there was many supervisors, many managers that they didn't flat out say that they thought they were better than everybody, but their attitude and the way they walked around and the way they uh, demanded and commanded jobs to be done did not show any sense of humility. It was do this because I told you to do this. And when I got into management there, my mentality is different. My mentality is let's, this is what we need done. What do you need for me, from me to help you to get this done? And it was very much, my, my style is to be very much of service to the people that I'm, I'm managing, the people that I'm leading. What can I do to, yeah. for you to help you get your job done? I can, I can yell at you until I'm blue in the face and you're just going to turn around and flip me off later. It's irrelevant. Yeah. Right? Mm. But when you're genuinely... Mm-hmm there for your team and they know it again some people may tell i get passionate i get loud i'm a little bit rough when i'm when i speak especially when i'm excited but when your team knows that you're genuinely there for them they what you say has less um it doesn't hurt people when they know it's coming from a place of love. They, when they know that you're genuinely, you're there for your team. So I get loud and I'll say, what the hell is this? And it's not a big deal where one of the other managers would say, what the hell is this? And staff would be like, why are you talking to me like that? Because they know that those people don't, not that they don't care, but they've never shown mm. that they actually care. You're, yeah. We are not family at work. I'm, I'm very firm believer that we're not a family but we are a team and the team has to look Mm. out for each other and the team has to be there for each other the coach is there to guide you along but they're also there to help you fix fix your shot fix whatever it might be bring more resources to help you get to that peak level of performance that the team needs you at yeah that's so good mike i i love that um and I just agree with everything you're saying. It's so good. Um, let me ask you about your uh, your career and um, and what you're doing. You know, amazing work you're doing with your with your YouTube channel um, and content. Uh, I'm interested in some aha moments, or even ju- even just one. I wonder what comes to mind. Aha moments for you as a leader that really, and in management, that really, for some reason, was a turning point. The penny dropped. There was something that's become really dear to you and it's just sort of imprinted on your mind any sort of aha moments that come to mind so far for you in your career the biggest aha moment i had was learning to be firm but fair i've seen i've worked with i've been the manager that tries to be friends with everybody tries to be um accommodating to where it become you become a little bit of a pushover and the, you, you don't have the respect of your team. When you are firm but fair, you have so much more respect and trust from your team because they know that decisions are when decisions are made, that you've thought them through, you've, you know, you've considered other options, you've listened to your team. 
but when the decision's made, it's it's a firm decision. But you're also fair in how you deal with people. And to add to that, I like to think, you know, everybody wants to be treated right. And we need to treat our teams equally, but not identically. Just because, you know, you need to cut out at four o'clock doesn't mean that John has to cut out at four o'clock, but maybe John needs something else. So I will be treat them equally by helping them and getting, you know, being as accommodating as possible, but I don't have to treat everybody identically because we're not identical. We all have different needs. We all have different ways of dealing with things. And and that was a, a big thing for me to realize is that yes, we, we, I want to be firm. I want to be fair and I want to treat people equally, but I don't have to treat them the exact same because our Mm. relationships are not the same people. Some people don't care about certain things where other people, it's very important to them. So, so that, that's a huge kind of like, okay, I'm seeing how this works now. Yeah. So how do you, how do you do that? I know you gave, you gave one example there, uh, but how, say there's leaders listening, scratching their heads going, wow, that's so true. You described me. I can be a bit of a pushover. I want to find a way to find that balance, find that, live out that tension, firm, but fair, treating people equally, but not identically. Can you give some more sort of, I guess, thought on how leaders can do that and, and any more maybe examples? I think the biggest thing that a leader needs to do is they need to be confident in themselves and their decision-making process. I think that it's a lot more easy or it's a lot easier for you to be firm in a decision when you have the confidence, when you've put in the work to the work on yourself to know who you are, truly know right from wrong. At the end of the day, you know, when you, when you're doing something that's not quite up to up to par, you know, when you're doing something that maybe, I don't want to say sneaky, but maybe you're cutting corners. You know it. So if you can eliminate that, and I mean, listen, we're, there's nobody that I know on this earth that's absolutely perfect. But if you can hold yourself up to a higher standard and do the right, do, do the right thing because it's always the right thing, it becomes much easier for you to be firm because you, you're, you know it's the right thing. And then it's a matter of becoming fair and listening to people. So maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some, there, we have rules at every workplace, but in my opinion, rules are there for, to, to cover, to cover your ass. If you deal with people as humans, as individuals, Mm. I feel we have to rely less on the rule book, less on, you know, the, the union agreement. And we can just deal with people, you know, man to man, so to speak, woman to man, however we're doing it these days. But have a, when, when I say this is, you know, this is me and I'm bringing the most fair proposition to you, you know, that that's, what's fair. And you know, that this is, you know, coming from a good place rule books. And to me, that's a crutch that, you know, it, there it's needed, but it's not, does not have to be the guide, you know, the Holy Bible it's let's talk to each other as humans and figure out what we need to help each other out is, is the biggest one for me. Yeah, that's so good, Mike. Uh, I, I love it. That's a, that's some um, great thoughts and, and love the firm, but fair. Uh, let's jump into Leadership Express. I have a few questions for you. Are you ready? Yep, I think. Okay, first, <laughs> yeah. first one, what's a book that you've gifted to others? Or it could be any, any resource that you find yourself referring people to a lot of the time. My favorite book, and, and I pulled it out, and I'm sitting here, Tuesdays with Maury. It's by Mitch Album. It's a story of an old man, a young man, and life's greatest lessons. I don't lean a lot into um, leadership books because in my opinion, here's the thing. This is, again, my opinion. Leadership is not learned in school. 
you can take MBAs, you can take a bunch of courses, but leadership to me is the best leaders are boots on the ground and people that have taken life lessons and they share that with other people. There's a lot of theory in leadership books that sometimes I feel like, well, how does this work in practice? So the book, back to the book, Tuesdays with more, it's about more like life lessons on how to, how to be a good person and how to bring the best out of people. And I think these types of books, in my opinion, just help people so much more because I can understand how to be a better person. The theory yeah. on leadership and how you have to deal with different situations, well, situations are always different. So, you know, theory is one thing, but when your life lessons can, be, in my opinion, can be adapted a lot easier into a leadership role. So Tuesdays with Maury is my call. Wonderful. Love it. Uh, do you have any favorite questions that you ask when you are in a one-on-one, -on -one, when you're with the team, um, in life, in any different scenarios? Any favorite questions? Why? I like to ask why and... It, not to be like simple or like a <laughs> my five-year-old who's asked why for everything. But a lot of times I ask myself, why, why would this person, why do I feel this person acted this way? Why do I think? And then I can go to that person and say, why was this the action? Because sometimes we can get caught up in our own head and I'll say, well, you know, John just did this out of spite. But John didn't. John had maybe had the best of intentions, and this was the best option at the time. But if I put my my I project onto John making bad decisions because he was trying to screw the team over, that's helping not, nobody. To be more curious and to try to understand someone's thought process to me helps much more than me coming to my own conclusions because I am majority of the time I'm wrong. So asking why. Why would somebody do this? Why am I thinking this way? Why do I have this judgment of this person? I think, you know, that's that's my go-to. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you, you already mentioned this, so, or you mentioned something about this, so I wanna ask you this. What are, uh, you know, is there a common belief in leadership and management that you, that you passionately disagree with? Oh yeah, that you have to know everything. Your job as a leader is not to know everything. Your job is, to, in my opinion, is to figure it out, to help others. But you don't have to know everything. And pretending that you do, you may think makes you look better, but it doesn't. Because people know when you know, and they know when you don't know. So if you can own it yourself to say, I don't know everything, you, you gain so much more respect and trust from your team just by saying, I don't know. Managers, yeah, leaders, I... it's like we're afraid <laughs> to say, I don't know. And I don't, it, to me, it, does, it makes no sense because I can BS you and say, I know everything, but come on, I don't. Let's be realistic. And I think that's <laughs> the challenge. Obviously, you need to build credibility, which is, which is you know, the, the one side of it. But really, at the end of the day, I love the idea of being silly as a leader in terms of yep. asking silly questions and not being afraid to look silly and do something embarrassing. Uh, like you said, I actually don't know what that means. Can you tell me? And go, you know what? I might feel silly, but I know that it's actually good for me and for the team to set this sort of culture where people are okay with it. But then the other thing I love to say is that you, you want to, over time you want to grow a team where you are ultimately one day the, the dumbest person in the room. Like you don't want oh, to be dumb. You want to obviously, but you want to surround yes. yourself with really smart people. And that should be every leader's dream to look around and go, you know what? I think I might be the dumbest person in this room. <laughs> um, I, I, and I, I love saying cap. that because it's so, <laughs> it's so, it's so counterintuitive because we automatically think naturally think the opposite, but that's, that should be the goal for every leader in my opinion. Without, without question. And that's the, the thing that I've found with other leaders is that they, they really feel that they need to know it all and they don't understand how that belief is slowing down their own growth. Because if I have a bunch of experts around me, I want my accountant to absolutely know numbers way better than me. Otherwise, 
I'm not helping myself. Why would I want somebody who knows less than me? Right. And at the same time, we, you, you talked about asking um, silly questions. I believe that, that the great leaders will ask silly questions, especially if they're looking around the room and they have a, you get, you, sometimes you get that gut feeling where you're like, ah, I don't know, you know, so-and-so, I, I, I'm not sure they're understanding it. Jump in and ask a question to help clarify. It's almost like take the bullet for your team, look like the idiot for your team, because not everybody has the same grasp on what's going on in, in a certain situation. So be the, be the idiot, ask the questions, get more clarification. I've been to many meetings where <laughs> afterward, after you leave and you're like, what the hell was that about? What are they talking about this thing? You just don't understand, but you're, you're, maybe you're not in a, a position where you feel confident enough to ask yourself. So as a leader, do that for your team, ask the silly questions or the things you may already know the answer, but you can, you understand that the person um, explaining kind of explained in a not so clear manner, take it for the team. Ask, what does, what does that mean exactly? Can you explain, like you said, like, can you explain that a, a little more detail? Yeah, yeah, no, that's so good, Mike. That's, uh, that's great advice. Um, next question is, what is a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of? A recent leadership lesson. not to take yourself too seriously. So I've been, I've been, I work very hard on, on YouTube. I've got 250 videos up and, um, I've been, you, sometimes you get immersed in your own world. So I'm not by any stretch a perfectionist, but I've been getting better videos and I was recording one on how to look more professional. And then a picture fell off my wall as I was recording. So I ended up sharing that, which I, 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 I feel that in my videos, I am as real as I can be. I don't over exact. I just, this is who you get. And if you learn something great, and if not, maybe there's somebody else that can, that can help you. Cause I, I won't be able to help everybody. There's a certain type of person that will connect with me. Others won't. Um, but I shared the video of a piece of the video, like a blooper reel of the, the picture falling and the amount of positive feedback that I got in the sense that everybody kind of thought that my videos were one take and it was just me re re realizing re realizing that I need to show a more human side. Like I would, if I was going to work with a team and even though, you know, my, my subscribers are all around the world, it really was a connection point of just be show, show, be vulnerable, show that everything is not perfect. And you know, these, 10 minute videos are not just bright ideas you had and, you know, hit play and hit stop. It, it, so just be <laughs> making sure that I'm, people can see that I'm very much <laughs> as foolish as anybody yes. else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's, that's a great, and, and sometimes uh, great that goes, and that goes with, you know, not being afraid to, to ask silly questions It's show, you know, being, be vulnerable, show, that you are a human being because, you know, you, people may think that you're up on a pedestal or they may think that you come into work riding on a high horse, get off of it, be a normal person, be the person, you know, you don't have to be as, um, as you are at home all the time, but let people see that things aren't necessarily perfect or that you don't have all the answers. It, it all come and comes back to just, you have to be true to yourself and, and you'll, you'll gain much more respect and trust a lot faster when people know that you are who you are. You're not acting. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, I love that. It's like, you know, don't be afraid to be silly, to look like an idiot and go and uh, chuck a chef uniform on and go and get in there and do the dishes. It's absolutely like, <laughs> those things go hand in hand. Yes. Yes. And it really puts you so much further ahead than not being that person. Yeah, I agree with that so much. A um, couple more questions. Okay, a movie yeah. or TV show. Uh, what's a movie or TV show that really impacted you? Could be serious that that really left a uh, you know really made a big uh, you know had a big influence on you, or it could be something for just switching off that that you love. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys have the the series Peaky Blinders on Netflix. Yes. Yeah, we do. That yeah. show, one, that gets me fired up. <laughs> yeah. And it just... Because, I mean, I'm, I'm in my studio. I'm doing leadership as much as I can all day, every day, um, enjoying it. But that's where I go to decompress. And I'm dying for season six to come out. I really I really love the rawness. No fighting. No yeah. effing fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what one. I do I've... with my kids. I do that with my kids every day. Don't <laughs> fight. I don't swear. But <laughs> <laughs> no fighting. It's funny because right? I've actually had that recommend. I've had that recommendation before, and I love that because it's uh, you know we talk about all these things, but then in great, great pieces of work like Peaky Blinders, you, there are there are great lessons to be learned that aren't any mm. uh, less relevant or important because of the medium. They're still uh, they're still important, valuable lessons. I love it. Exactly, and and I really, I mean, not to, I won't give any part of the show away, but. You know, starting from the bottom and working your way up, not necessarily the way they do in the show, but, you know, there's that that grind, that grit, that let's, you know, make mm. something of ourselves that I guess kind of excites me. <laughs> and the fighting. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a great show. Well, definitely uh, one of my favorites of recent time too. So uh, thank you for that recommendation. Uh, last question. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? Oh, one piece of advice. Be yourself. Um, you can pretend to be me. I can pretend to be you. It's never going to work. Um, you have to give yourself time to develop into the leadership role. But the easiest way to do it is being true to yourself, whatever that means. It, you know, Like I said, I'm a little yeah. bit more um, blunt. I'm a little more... To the point, if you tend to be a little bit more soft-spoken, do not try to be me. Don't try to be sarcastic like me. I had a friend um, who worked at a restaurant with me years ago, and everybody knew that I was not the funny guy, but I, I was sarcastic and I was pretty witty. And when I left, he indirectly tried to fill that role and within six months, he got himself fired because he was crossing the line. But that's not his personality. That's not his demeanor. So it's the same in leadership. Don't try to be somebody else. You can learn from other people, but you have to yeah. absorb it and, and digest it and, and make it your own. So be, be so yourself. Good. Be yourself. Great advice. Great thought uh, to land the podcast. For those who have loved uh, hearing your thoughts, Mike, where can they find you online? The two easiest places is leadershipwithmike.com. That's my website where you can reach out to me. Uh, and to grab as much information as you want, you go to youtube.com slash leadershipwithmike. Or you just type in leadershipwithmike. I tend to come up now on YouTube. So that's where they can find Fantastic. me. And then in, in all videos in the description, there, there's contact points. Wonderful. Well, for those listening, if something Mike shared today has really helped you, then make sure you do jump on YouTube and uh, and leave a comment, find the contact details in one of the, and let him know. I, I always like to encourage people to do that and uh, because it's been great. It, there's just been so many great thoughts and stories out of today that I know will, will help a lot of people. I, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Uh, don't forget, I also have the John O. White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day Podcast. There are two other places you can invest in your leadership. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to you, Mike, for being so generous with your time, for telling such brilliant stories about basketball and about washing dishes and uh, and just really great wisdom. I can see why your YouTube channel is so successful because you are very real and uh, you know the authenticity really comes through and your wisdom is is uh, really profound so it's been it's been a joy to have you on thank you so much for coming on you're too kind and it's absolutely my pleasure Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. 
We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I, I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and, and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. 95% uh, of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.